Hello and welcome to the All Things FPL podcast. My name is Spice and this is our first ever episode for the podcast. And today we're going to be doing a Game Week 3 preview. Now, for those that don't know, I also run a newsletter. Uh, these kind of go hand in hand. So each podcast is basically a little bit more in-depth of a review of what I put out for the newsletter. And the Game Week 3 preview basically focused on the great captaincy dilemma. As we head in, there's obviously two clear choices for the potential captain of everyone's FPL team. I mean, 90% of the people are going with either Mo Salah against Manchester United away on Monday, or they're going with Gabriel Jesus for a 5.30pm kickoff against Bournemouth. So the question is, who do we go for as captain? Now, just a refresher, obviously, Jesus last week had a whopping 19 fantasy points in his last match against Leicester City with two goals and two assists. His ownership currently sits at 79.2%, which is the highest I've ever seen on any player at all. And then we have Mo Salah, who uh, his ownership also currently sits at about 61.2% as of recording. Uh, Very good indeed. Now, these two guys have a lot of ownership, which means, of course, effective ownership is going to be huge on these guys. I mean, Gabriel Jesus, if just half the players captain him, you guys are looking at some insane effective ownership across like all the players in this game. Mo Salah as well. I mean, even at 60% ownership, that's still a really high number. Uh, captaincy is going to be a really, you know, big choice this week. So, I mean, for me, it, you have to captain one of the two because their captain rates are going to be so high. If you are to go against Salah or Gabriel Jesus, uh, say with Haaland or Kane, and those guys don't return, and, and then Salah and Jesus do return, you're looking at a massive, massive rank drop. So what's the case for Gabriel Jesus? Obviously, Arsenal go ahead and visit Bournemouth on Saturday night. Uh, It should be an entertaining game. Uh, Of course, this one is going to be at Vitality Stadium. And I'm expecting, you know, good energy in the stadium. You know, a night game, newly promoted club at home. You know, it should be pretty good. Now, Bournemouth are probably going to sit in a low block. They did this very well against Manchester City. Well, they didn't do it too well. They did end up losing, you know, 4-0. But... They did a really good job at really uh, alienating Haaland in that game. He only had, I think it was like two completed passes the whole time. It was the assist and then a pass from kickoff or something like that. It's just absolutely unreal that how good that low block worked in the middle of the field. Now, the problem was uh, Man City have great midfielders that, you know, made runs in behind. I mean, Gundogan scored, KDB scored. Uh, so that's going to be something Arsenal are going to have to target when it comes to, you know, winning this game because Bournemouth are going to sit back. Gabriel Jesus was amazing against Leicester City, but Saka's been kind of quiet. Uh, Martinelli's really good, don't get me wrong, but he's not a game changer like Gabriel Jesus is. So I think Bournemouth are really going to focus on keeping that low block and that kind of center of the field very tight so Gabriel Jesus he might have a little bit of you know trouble now the one difference between Gabriel Jesus and Erling Haaland is Gabriel Jesus likes drifting out wide Uh, you know he comes out on the left a lot and he actually plays off of Zinchenko quite a bit uh, from the first two game weeks that we've seen so you know he might be able to get on the ball a little bit more and and get into different positions that maybe Haaland wouldn't get into Uh, regardless though uh, it is Bournemouth they probably will lose and and uh, I could definitely see uh, a wide range of scores. I don't think Gabriel Jesus is going to haul, you know, another two goals to assist, something crazy like that. But I definitely could see like one or two returns from him in this game. 
Now moving on to the case for Salah, uh, Mo Salah obviously coming off a blank against Crystal Palace, and and like what Jesus will face this weekend, Salah had to face a low block against Crystal Palace, which you know is really tough for Liverpool. It's something they've really struggled with over the last you know few seasons is breaking down those low blocks and getting results. And uh, you know I'd say Fulham did kind of the same thing, but they they really didn't. Fulham just really outplayed them. They really went for the game. They put some press on them. Uh, they did sit back at times. But uh, I don't expect that at all this week because Liverpool, of course, going to Old Trafford and what's going to be a very entertaining match. Um, from a neutral standpoint, on the pitch, off the pitch, because uh, of course United are—they're um, not in a good place. They probably will get run over by Liverpool, even though Liverpool got off to a slow start. I still think that they'll probably, you know, I think Liverpool will probably easily win this one. But the thing about United, which I think makes, you know, uh, the Liverpool assets way more appealing in this one, is United won't sit in a low block. I mean, if they sit in a low block, I don't know what the fans' reaction would be, but I just I can't see it. I don't think the players are disciplined enough to do it. And quite honestly, I don't know. I, I just can't see them doing it, which means there's going to be a lot of open space for the Liverpool forwards to play into uh, because... United aren't going to sit back and that defense is super unorganized that midfield super unorganized I just don't see uh, I think you know Liverpool their attack's going to eat Manchester United up it's going to be a lot of open space a lot of good runs and probably a lot of attacking returns and of course there is a protest uh you know against the Glazers during this match and during the day too uh that could cause a lot of drama you know on the pitch off the pitch it's going to be really tense affair especially if Liverpool, you know, put a few goals in early, uh, we could be seeing just, it, it could get really ugly. Now, I will say, if you do Captain Salah, make sure your vice captain is someone from a different match. Of course, two years ago, or, yeah, it was two years ago, there was, of course, the same uh, protest that kind of went on. And the match ended up getting cancelled as fans got onto the pitch before the game or whatever. So, uh, just make sure your captain, or your vice captain, is somebody who... Uh, you know, is not in the same game in case the match is disrupted or something like that. Now, the case for any other captain, as I said beforehand, you know, it's really risky to go with Holland, Kane, Son, uh, you know, Spurs, they do play Wolves at home. I mean, you could go Ivan Tony, who's playing Fulham away. Uh, but again, it's like it's such a gamble, especially if, you know, Jesus or Salah does return, you're really screwing yourself over. So in that case, I'd probably just stay off. I recommend going Salah or Jesus. Personally, for me, I'm going to be going with Mo Salah. I just think that the game will open up more for him. I think there's better chances for him to return currently, but by all means, I mean, Gabriel Jesus could go off again and I could be wrong, uh, but just kind of what I'm doing. I don't think the gamble's really good to go against this time around. Let's go around the FPL grounds. We're just going to talk about kind of what's going on in FPL and a little bit of preview of some of the matches coming up. Now, uh, with the transfers coming in and out. The most transferred in teams are Arsenal and Brentford. These are the two sides, of course, with really great fixture runs coming up, and you guys need to start transferring these players in. 1.04 million managers transferred in Martinelli this week, with another 765,000 adding Gabriel Jesus to their sides. That's actually ridiculous, but their fixtures are so good coming up that it just makes sense. They do have the two newly promoted sides in Bournemouth and Fulham in their next two. Uh, if you guys don't have Arsenal defenders, I recommend getting them. 
For me, I currently own Ramsdale Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus, uh, but I definitely would make sure you have a defensive cover in there because clean sheet points will be coming. I like Gabriel at 5.02 if you can't uh, get Zinchenko in because you were priced out. Now to Brentford, Josh Da Silva has been brought in by 651,000 managers. Now, in my last newsletter that I sent out to some of the subs, uh, I shared that I wasn't a huge fan of him. Despite him being in my team on the bench, uh, his two goals were actually really lucky. Uh, his XG, his XA, they're really not great at all. His XG, I think, currently sits at 0.07 for the season uh, with two goals scored. Now, I on a, the first goal against Leicester uh, on, on game week one, I thought was a really good goal. And honestly, uh, I was surprised that his XG wasn't a little bit higher just from that. Uh, of course, in the second game, his uh, he, he scored the first goal for Brentford against Manchester United and uh, David De Gea probably should have saved it if I'm being honest but you know it, it went in so he's got a really low xg xgi all that his expected numbers are really low so I think he should be kind of in a void uh, but you know if he's a bench option uh, he's a bench option but uh, if you guys are using you know him in the starting lineup uh, I would probably look elsewhere. Ivan Tony is another guy that has been brought in a by a lot of managers, uh, about 600k to be exact, and uh, myself included, I brought in Ivan Tony, uh, replacing Kane. Of course, for those that don't know, I am on wild card. I wanted to really shift the team around, but I wanted to add Brentford in, and uh, I really like Ivan Tony because, of course, um, he has a great fixtures coming up with Brentford. But what was really interesting was his chances created. Uh, a lot of people were fearing that with Christian Eriksen leaving, there'd be you know less chances. Uh, and of course, he's getting himself into good areas. He is you know going to be able to score goals. He's going to score goals. But I noticed he created a lot of chances from outside of the box for his teammates. And I think that's actually huge. Against Manchester United, he had a couple... I, I think he had uh, two assists, I think it was. I might be wrong on that. But... He, his passing was brilliant and I think you know playing in this role that he is where he's going to be a creator and a finisher I think is really good not to mention he's on penalties and uh, you know all that good stuff but uh, I definitely would have Arsenal and Brentford players in your team for the next five six game weeks I mean they they have great fixtures. I want to turn it over to the other side, the bad side of the FPL spectrum. Uh, Darwin Nunez has been transferred out by over a million managers. Obviously, he picked up a three-match ban after headbutting the Crystal Palace center back. Uh, you know, I was disappointed because his XG was really, really good this season. Uh, and honestly, he probably should have scored a couple goals against Crystal Palace. He had one at the back post where uh, he just completely mishit the volley. He should have scored. He should have had a goal. He probably should have returned. Darwin Nunez owners are probably understandably frustrated because it really shouldn't. It's just a mess for him. Joining him on the way out is all the Aston Villa players, Coutinho, Bailey, Matty Cash, uh, and rightfully so. I think they uh, they should all be out. Uh, personally, I got rid of them this week too. I had Matty Cash and Leon Bailey. Part of the reason why I uh, decided to wild card was because these guys were kind of sucking the budget out of my team. Uh, they were kind of hard options to move off of, specifically Leon Bailey. Uh, so like I said, I had to kind of tinker the team around. But Villa, they don't look too good. They have Crystal Palace away up next, which I think is going to be a really tough match. I really think Palace could take that one. And then they play some of the bigger, the bigger teams as well. So, you know, you just got to be careful with that. I recommend getting out of all those options on there. Uh, the next up, I think uh, I've seen a couple Manchester United ones, and, and rightfully so, let's be honest.
Anyways, heading into game week three, there's going to be just, you know, a ton of uh, decent matches. Uh, I think a lot of the big six, a greedy six, aside from Manchester United, so the big five, we'll call it. Uh, I think they have pretty reasonable fixtures. Uh, they look pretty solid. I mean, Spurs have Wolves at home, so I, I think they'll probably, it'll probably be a low scoring game, but you'll see some good results from that. Uh, you know, Arsenal have Bournemouth. Uh, City have Newcastle, which I think will be a tough game for City. I think they'll still come out on top, but I think Newcastle will give them a good game. Uh, Chelsea have Leeds. I don't really see too much problem for Chelsea assets as far as that goes. And, uh, you know, Man United have Liverpool. You know, we kind of went over that one already. Anyways, listeners, thank you for making it all the way to the end of the first pod of ever. So uh, thank you for listening to this point. Make sure you follow wherever you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, and check the description so you guys could sign up to the newsletter so you get written emails every week directly to your email. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys soon. See ya.